to episode number 11 of the Bouncing Back podcast with me, James Middleton. Now, before I start, I just want to quickly say how appreciative and actually rather overwhelmed I am by the support you guys are giving and have shown to my podcast so far. It really means the absolute world to me that so many of you are listening and continuing to listen to each episode, sharing it with your friends, family, on your social media, tagging me and posts that you do. It brings such a big smile to my face every time I see it. And it's actually really nice for me to interact and engage with those of you who are listening and and have conversations with you about some of the things that I've been talking about it. So a massive thank you from me. It, It really means the world. Right. Now the soppy stuff is out the way, let's get into this episode. Now I came up with the idea for this episode the other day where I was having a little think. So just before I went off to sleep for my nap, I was lying on my bed upstairs and I was having a think about all the lessons that I've learned so far in my life and the things that I wish I'd known sooner or someone had told me about sooner. So I decided to write down some of these things. I always have a notebook in my drawer by my bed because sometimes at night, if I can't sleep or if I'm reading a book or whatever, I'll just jot down some thoughts. I think it's always good to to have them so they don't disappear into the universe. Uh, So I came up with eight things or eight lessons that I think have been most valuable to me. And of course, I wanna share with you in the hope that even some if not all, might help and serve you in your life. So here we go. And don't be afraid of writing these down, by the way. I have them written down on a piece of paper and often refer back to them from time to time as gentle reminders. So here we go. Number one, the first lesson, quality over quantity. Life is about quality, not quantity. Having one quality friend gives you a lot more than having 50 acquaintances, for example. There is so much more depth in quality than there is in quantity, whether it's the books you read or the people you hang out with and surround yourself with, quality will always have more depth than quantity. There was a point in my life about two years ago, I'd say, where my friendship circle started getting smaller and smaller and I was worried. I was worried about losing friends. I was concerned over the quantity of friends I had, maybe in comparison to other friends that I, I, I knew, or other people that I knew. Way rather concerned about the quantity rather than the quality of my relationships with the friends that I had. Now, I have a handful of friends currently, only a handful, I'd say, of very close mates, but the quality of my relationship with them is incredible. The depth to our friendship is what I now value so much more than just being the guy who has loads of mates, but none of those mates have any real value or meaning whenever I see them. It's the same with relationships. It's a major area of life where quality must be chosen over quantity. And Again, there was a stage in my life where I used to just hop around from relationship to relationship, from girl to girl, thinking that 
you know, the more relationships that I have with people, eventually, just by process of elimination, I'm going to find one that's good quality. But I was completely wrong. I should have instead, instead focused on making that one relationship I was in as best as possible. Because one quality relationship gives you a lot more than having 50 flings. Choosing a high quality relationship also requires a lot of effort and a lot of work, which admittedly I wasn't really up for doing. But if this is the goal, then so be it. You know, if the goal is to have a very good high quality relationship, then you have to put in the effort, you have to put in the work. It's very common for people to settle for average relationships with their partner because they can't be bothered to put in that effort to work for a, a really high quality one. Or at the start of a relationship, it is really high quality, but then people, once the honeymoon period is over, become too comfortable and suddenly any kind of effort to continue growing and working on the relationship disappears faster than a babysitter's boyfriend when the car pulls up. <laughs> but we know that choosing the mediocre path leads to mediocre results with anything in life. And far too often, people take or choose to take this mediocre path, ruin the relationship and simply move on to the next one and the next one and so on until they think they're gonna find one that is just gonna present itself on a plate as being high quality. Choosing quantity over quality and delving into relationships that lack any purposeful substance is not what we want. And I personally believe that an individual who is aware of this notices if the person they are spending time with is leading to a good quality relationship or a bad quality one. Whether they act on it to improve the quality of it or whether they jump ship and settle for the next best thing is up to them. But being aware of this is crucial if you're wanting any kind of meaning relationship in your life with anyone really, whether it's a partner, whether it's with friends, family, you name it. So. Lesson number one, choose quality over quantity in all areas of your life. Lesson number two, own your responsibilities and you will own your future. You are not responsible for a lot of things the world throws at you, but you are responsible for breaking the cycle and not hurting people because of what happened to you in your past. Revenge, hate, anger these are all examples of negative emotions very commonplace in people who have experienced bad things happen to them in their life being cheated on being abused as a kid bullied as a kid being humiliated by someone betrayed lied to you name it all of these things are things people have experienced and might experience in their life perhaps you've experienced some of them in your life but you cannot let such experiences determine how you act and decisions you make for the rest of your life. If you are suffering, that is the norm. People are limited and life is tragic. Sorry to be morbid, but I'm just stating the facts here. Life is pretty morbid for a lot of people and suffering, once you can get your head around it being commonplace in life, you'll become more accustomed to dealing with it and getting over it and moving forward. However, that being said, if you are suffering and the suffering is unbearable and you are becoming corrupted or angry at the world, here's something to think about. 
have you taken full advantage of the opportunities offered to you? Are you working hard on your career or letting bitterness and resentment hold you back and drag you down? Do you have habits that are destroying your health and well-being? Are you truly shouldering your responsibilities? Have you said what you've needed to say to your family, to your friends? Are there things that you could do that you know you could do that would make things around you better? Have you cleaned up your life? If the answer is no, then you need to own your responsibilities. You need to start to stop doing what you know to be wrong. I'm gonna say that again. You need to start to stop doing what you know to be wrong. Start stopping today. Stop acting in that despicable manner. Stop saying those things that make you weak and ashamed inside. Say only things that are gonna make you strong. Start doing things that you can speak of with pride and honor. You will never have control over your future if you let your present be controlled by your past. You will never have control over your future if you let your present be controlled by your past. Let go of the past. It cannot be changed. It cannot be undone. It's there as a memory, but keep it as a memory and not one that dictates your life right now. And if it's a negative memory, then try and get rid of it. Try and get it out of your head. What happened to you yesterday, last year, 10 years ago, may not be your responsibility, but how you behave today is. Lesson number two, own your responsibilities and you will own your future. Lesson number three, Believing in society's idea of fairy tales will make you unhappy. Society's idea of happiness, of what you're supposed to do, what's supposed to make you happy, is a completely warped and unrealistic world. If you pay attention and focus on the things that society deems will make you happy or said you're supposed to do, it will completely kill your happiness. But the sad reality is so many people do this and they're not even aware of it. They look around them, they see what their friends are doing, their work colleagues, people they follow on social media, and they believe that all these things are what they're meant to be doing themselves. But don't for one second, for one second listen to these nonsense fairy tales of how your life is supposed to be going in whatever area you're looking at or trying to listen to. Spoiler alert, you don't have to go to university when you finish school or get a job at 21, or own a car at 25, or get married and have a house at 30, or have kids at 35. As an example, New York is three hours ahead of California, but that doesn't mean that California is slow. There's someone out there who graduated at the age of 22, but waited five years before securing a good job. Someone became a CEO at 25, and then died at 50, while another, became a CEO at 50 and lived to 90 years. Someone is still single, while someone else has just got married. Look at Obama, for example. He retired at 55. Trump started at 70. Everyone in this world works based on their time zone. People around you might seem to be ahead of you and some might seem to be behind you, but everyone is running their own race in their own time. Do not envy them and do not mock them. They are in their time zone and you are in yours. Life is about choosing the right moment to act. 
so relax, okay? You're not late, you're not early, you are very much on time. Every single one of us is different. Everyone is on their own schedule and so are you. Your path to happiness will be very different to a lot of people's. It might be very different to mine and that's okay, but don't base your life on what society's idea of it should look like because believing in society's idea of fairy tales will make you unhappy. Number four, you have to let others down to be happy. In our current climate, given the year we've all had, how much we've had to deal with change, how much we've had to adapt, how much we've had our freedom and our lives removed and dictated by something completely out of our control, now more than ever, you and your mental health are more important than anything. More important than your job, earning more money, people's opinions of you, your partner's mood, your parents' wishes. If taking care of yourself means you are more selfish, then so be it. I'm a massive fan of the word selfish. If it means letting someone down, then let that person down. Success is not about keeping everyone happy. It's impossible to live your life and go through life trying to keep everyone happy. You'll be miserable doing that. It's about focusing your time and energy on the things that make you happy, that you are passionate about and that contribute to your own mental health in a positive way. The tasks, the things that you do say yes to should be directly aligned with your purpose. And for the most part, everything else should be secondary to that. There are some exceptions, but for the most part, everything else should be secondary. And it takes some learning and realization to do this. Again, in my own life, I've said yes to so many things, to lots of things where very few have aligned with my purpose because I was trying to please everyone around me. And it actually, the irony is, is it left me so unhappy and so unfulfilled. The harsh reality is, if you live your life like this, you'll be let down continuously because, well, most people don't really care about you as much as you think. And most people are so focused on themselves and out there for themselves that it's never gonna be reciprocated in the way that you want it to be. If you don't start getting used to letting people down, then you will experience a lot of unhappiness. The love for yourself has got to always be stronger than your wish to be loved by others. Understand and accept that you will let people down in life, but also understand that that's okay. Other people say no all the time too, probably a lot more than you think they do. Now I'm not implying that you should always let people down and not care, that's not what I'm saying. I'm stating that on those few rare occasions when you do, it's okay. It's also important to realize that you can say no without having to apologize for it. Try it, say no and don't say sorry. You have to start believing that your time is just important as the next person's. And with this belief, you also have to understand that perfection in whatever you are trying to achieve will never happen. So don't try to be perfect. Don't try to be the person that pleases everyone. Don't try to say yes to everything because you won't manage and it will just leave you ultimately unhappy and unfulfilled. Asking yourself, is this request, is what I'm doing something that will help fulfill me? 
and bring me a step closer to my vision. That that sentence, that question can be hugely beneficial when you're when you're faced with making these decisions. You have to let others down to be happy. Lesson number 5. Your diet isn't just about what you eat. Now, when we think of the word diet, we think of food. Of course, because diet simply means food. It's got a bad connotation in the fitness industry. In fact, just in general, because the term diet often presents itself to people as restrictive or something boring or like some kind of punishment, but it literally just means food. So whenever you see the term, this is just a side note, just think of it as a term to use to describe what you eat. Anyway, as someone who has played high level sport all their life and has been on diet plans from the age of 15 for all the rugby that I was playing, the food I eat has always been incredibly important to me. From a young age, I genuinely enjoy eating healthy food. It makes me feel good, it gives me energy, and I like the feeling of nourishing and nurturing my body and treating it with respect. Because so far, it's given me the respect back and allowed me to train and perform and live as best as I can with whatever I'm doing. However, as I've grown older, I've realized that our diet isn't just about what we eat. Our diet is far more than that. It's absolutely everything that we consume. What we watch, what we read, what we consume on social media, who we follow, and who we spend our time with. When you think of it like that, it's fundamental that we're paying attention to our consumption outside of just food. As an example, I haven't watched or read the news for about nine, 10 months now, a long time. Now I know what some of you may be thinking, oh James, that's so uncultured, that's so narrow-minded, how, how do you know what's going on in the world? How can you live your life without knowing what's going on around you? That's, that's so self-centered, you won't know anything that's happening. I disagree. If something big is happening in the world, I'll either see it on social media, Twitter, for example, as a headline. I'll see it on the front page of the papers in the supermarket when I go in there to do my food shop. And at that point, I'll have a quick glance as I walk past, just so I'm familiar of, of the heading. Or if it's really important, a friend or a family will at some point bring it up and I will then get them to explain to me about what's happening. That way, I still keep up with what's happening, but only stuff that's really worth talking about. It also means I don't sit there each morning or whenever it is that you may read the news using energy, reading pointless, depressing news articles about stuff that has no impact on my life whatsoever, no relevance. And since I've stopped reading and watching the news, I am a lot happier because let's be honest, the news is a depressing place and I've noticed it really affects people's moods and sometimes causes people to live in constant fear. I took it upon myself to decide what I want to read and listen to, consume, so that it only serves me with purpose and benefits my life. If you really want to know what's happening in the world, you can just go and ask a stranger on the street and nine times out of 10, they'll probably update you, unless they're in the same position as me. If it takes your interest, then you read up on it more. 
that's my stance on the news anyway. You don't have to agree, but it's done me and my anxiety levels wonders. Similarly, social media, and I've spoken about this before, ironically on my social media, but unfollow people on there who aren't benefiting your life, who aren't contributing in a positive way to your life, who you aren't learning from or you aren't getting some kind of good entertainment or at least they're making you laugh. So I have three rules, right, when it comes down to who I follow on social media. The first is it's either friends or family, follow friends or family, but even then, you know, get rid of the annoying friends or the ones who aren't really doing you any favors. The second one, I follow people who inspire me that every day I look at their posts and I either learn something or they kind of fill me with some kind of enlightenment or happiness or motivation. The third, people who make me laugh or who I fancy. Okay, the last one was two, so it's four rules. But the, the, the third one, people who make me laugh, I think entertainment is great. I like going on social media and laughing. That's why I end up spending a fair amount of time on TikTok sometimes, particularly when I'm on the loo. So people who make me laugh and people who I fancy. Okay, the last one is a little bit trivial, but you know, it's kind of important, a bit of eye candy in your life, you know, particularly with the year we've had, uh, not being able to go out and meet people. Anyway, I digress. Everyone else, au revoir. See you later. Because you watching Kim Kardashian or some Love Island tosser jetting around the world, posing from one beach to another with these god-awful captions about live your dream or someone else will, isn't doing you any favors. Most of the time you'll be left feeling inferior, questioning why your life isn't like theirs or as good as theirs based on what you see. And you might not even realize you're doing this. Often it's subconsciously that we're doing this. Well, let me tell you now, I doubt Veneers Vicky from Love Island has got a good investment portfolio. I doubt Vicky has even thought about where she'll be in 10 years time when the plastic in her face melts from all the Dubai sunshine she's been getting and her boohoo ads run dry because, well, another girl half her age has just won Love Island and is taking all her thunder. (laughs) You can tell I don't really like, well, I don't really agree with these kinds of people, but who am I to judge? I'm not. I just don't follow these kinds of people. But if I did, I'd actually probably feel quite good about myself. But for a lot of people, I know firsthand that they feel inadequate, inferior, maybe a little bit jealous. So long story short, cut out anything that doesn't serve you or help you grow and support you being the best person you can be. And don't be afraid of being quite cutthroat with that and being quite selfish because Your happiness is the most important here. Your diet isn't just about what you eat. Lesson number six, important people come and go, and that is totally cool. As soon as you realize this, you stop trying to hold onto people that really you should let go of. It's difficult, it's really difficult. It's where the sunk cost fallacy comes into play the most. You've known someone for years and years and they've been so important to you for so much of it, but that time has come to an end. They're no longer of value to your life. In fact, maybe they're a detriment or they are a detriment for whatever reason that may be and it's time to let them go. I don't care and it doesn't matter that it's been 10 years. 
that is not a reason to keep someone in your life. Unfortunately, the most important people in your life can become strangers overnight. And it's a very scary thing that happens in this world. It might have happened in your life. It certainly has happened in my life. And what springs to mind with this is ex-girlfriends, ex-partners. You go from spending every waking day with them, sharing your secrets, falling asleep with them every night, creating all these wonderful memories, having passionate sex, and then bam, something happens and they're gone. Just like that, literally like the click of a finger out of your life. And it's terrifying. And you don't want to let go because so much of you is attached to the things that you've created with that person. But there's a reason these things happen. There's a reason things come to an end or push you to end things. Incredibly important people in your life do end up leaving. This process can hurt enormously. I've been in love and in relationships where overnight I've then never spoken to them again. But if accepted, it serves to improve the quality and suitability of the people in your life. Don't be afraid of this. Once you can get your head around it, it becomes easier to grasp. On the flip side, fortunately, total strangers can become the most important people in your life overnight. It's the way it works. I'm sure it's happened to you both ways in your life. As humans, we like to attach ourselves to familiarity, which is why letting someone who's been so familiar to us go is one of the hardest things to do. It's completely against our nature. But I also think there is some kind of beauty in realizing that someone you have never crossed paths with before can also become the next most important thing in your life. There's the optimist in me, but I like to keep it that way. Important people come and go, and that's totally cool. Lesson number seven, never allow rejection to lead to self-rejection. Okay, so here's one for you. A person, pay attention to this by the way, I need your full focus. <laughs> a person who has experienced rejection fears rejection. And a person that fears rejection tends to push or run away before they can be rejected. In their subconscious mind, they have avoided rejection. However, in reality, they've been rejected again, only this time by themselves. Do not fear rejection. It can be one of the greatest things that ever happens to you. Those who fear it end up running away their whole lives thinking that they can live without ever coming face to face with it. As a result, these people wander around head held high thinking that because they have never faced rejection, they are invincible and their life is wonderful and carefree. Yet there is an incredibly harsh irony here. They have tricked themselves. They've confused their own minds into thinking they are a heroic person with avoidance of any kind of refusal or non-acceptance. Yet all that keeps happening is they are rejecting their very selves. By avoiding any kind of knockbacks, these kinds of people are running themselves into the ground with no real way out. And these people end up either lost or completely trapped inside their own minds, confused and questioning why they're in that hole in the first place. When their whole life 
they thought they were being victorious by avoiding any kind of rejection. I like to say to people, take rejection head on, take risks that might lead you down that path. Because if faced with it, yes, you might get knocked back and it might take the wind out of you, the life out of you, but we have to then get back up and try again. It is the only way we're gonna learn about ourselves and become stronger individuals. And that's what we want, right? We wanna become strong individuals and be better equipped for when rejection inevitably happens again. I'm a firm believer that you cannot go through life avoiding it or you'll suffer miserably. At some point in your life, you'll suffer miserably. We're on this journey and sometimes we're not always gonna make the right steps. No one ever does all the time. Sometimes we are gonna get stuck in the woods, maybe get a little bit lost. We have to back up and try again though. But if you don't have those resources to back up and try again, then you're gonna trap yourself. And the system, I've said this before, the system will set up honey, honey pots for you to get trapped in. Those avoiding rejection will become permanently trapped, probably without even realizing. But if you learn early on to build up resources to overcome these obstacles and hits that life throws at you and act regardless of what dismissal might come your way, you will grow into someone so much more worthy and equipped than someone who fears rejection. So never allow rejection to lead to self-rejection. The final thing, lesson number eight, a big one for me, this is why I've saved it towards the end. 99% of harm is caused in your head. Your thoughts are the most powerful thing that you own. Your thoughts drive your feelings and your feelings drive your thoughts. And so 99% of the harm is caused in your head by you and your thoughts. 1% is caused by reality. 1% what actually happens and the outcome. Most of the time, the problem isn't the problem. The way you think about the problem is. You can fix 99% of your problems by focusing on fixing your thoughts. So if you understand this model, then you should agree with me that your thoughts should lead to new choices. New choices should lead to new behaviors. New behaviors should lead to new experiences. New experiences should create new emotions. And new emotions and feelings should inspire you to think in new ways. You might wanna play that back again just so you can get your head around it or write that down because that little sequence, that trail of thought is very accurate. I believe that we're all made up of energy, right? I think we're all walking around as these like big balls of energy. And you know, you meet people who have loads of good energy and they're really positive. And then you meet people who have a kind of a, a down energy, a negative energy. And you want to try and associate yourself as much as possible with people who have good energy and give off good energy because it's contagious. And I have this kind of vision in my head that you know all the negative energy, all the, the people who walk around negative Nellies end up being drawn to each other because they, they fight off that same energy. They, they bond, sorry, off that same energy. Whereas all the positive people, all the good energy people attract all the other positive energy people. And, they're in their own little world. So 
the second your brain is fed with negative energy, whether that be internally or from an external source, your day becomes an uphill battle from there. One thing I've realized with myself, but also since coaching thousands of people from around the world is this. A lot of us walk around with a really negative internal dialogue. Try this, record yourself, honestly do it, record yourself on your phone when you're having one of those negative days or bad conversations with yourself. Honestly, try it. I've done it several times and it is crazy how negative my dialogue was. I had no idea how bad it sometimes was. Try it and then play it back and ask yourself these questions. Is this something I want other people to hear? Would I want my parents, my siblings, my partner, my boss to hear this, to hear what I'm saying to myself? Would it inspire them, move them, push them to not give up when they feel like quitting? Or would it make them feel depressed, sad, unmotivated, negative, down about life? I'm a big believer that even if you aren't saying the words out loud, for anyone to hear other than yourself, anyone who is around you can feel, can sense that negative energy. You think about it. Next time you're having negative thoughts, would you want your loved ones to hear you? How would it make them feel? But most importantly, how does it make you feel? Don't let that negative dialogue run your life and affect your relationship with other people. Equally, draw yourself away from those that suck your energy away from you. Like I said, those negative energy people. You need that energy to keep that fire burning inside of you as much as possible. And there are people out there who will try and suck the life out of you because they don't want you rising above their level. They wanna keep you down on their level. Be that energy for other people. Be the good energy for other people. Lift other people up as well as yourself. We are all energy, so surround yourself with the positive energy that is out there and fill yourself up with your own positive energy as much as you can. Your thoughts are the most powerful thing that you own and they drive your feelings. Remember that it has very little to do with the actual reality around you. You have to look inward and confront and try to understand what's going upstairs and try and keep what is going on in your head as positive as possible. If you're faced with a negative situation, try and draw the positives out of it. It is such a good tool to have to use when it comes to overcoming negative things that happen in your life. And it's not something that just happens overnight. It doesn't just click. It's something that you have to work on every single day and you have to develop that mindset of becoming positive and being positive in every single situation because it is so powerful and when you can train your mind to do that honestly nothing really phases you that much in life even the most negative of things and it's something that I'm working on with a lot of my clients with the mindset coaching that I'm giving to them and little things to do each week to help develop this mindset and build a positive mentality as much as as much as possible so if that's something that you do want to do more of and have help with and speak to me about and have my guidance and coaching then you can visit my website www.james-middleton.co.uk and just fill out the lead form and just say you're interested in the mindset coaching and we can have a chat and I know that's a self-plug but 
I want to help people and so far the people that I am coaching are massively benefiting and it's very satisfying for me to help people unlock their true potential and, and realize maybe the areas of their life that they can improve just by doing small little things each week and developing them over time and how much it has a positive impact on their life and I say to them as well 99% of harm is caused in your head I hope those eight things prove to be of massive value to you they certainly have for me those lessons um, there are many other lessons out there that I'm sure I will continue learning as life goes on but the ones that I've gone through today are just some of the major lessons that I've learned up until this very moment so just to quickly give you a recap as I like to do just to kind of conclude this podcast so it's fresh in your mind hopefully maybe you've written them down already but I'm going to run through all eight very quickly just that just the titles of them so the first one quality over quantity always choose quality over quantity number two own your responsibilities and you will own your future number three believing in society's idea of fairy tales will make you unhappy number four you have to let others down to be happy number five your diet isn't just what you eat it's everything that you consume number six important people come and go and that is totally cool number seven never allow rejection to lead to self-rejection and number eight 99 percent of harm is caused in your head thank you for listening i said this at the start i'm going to say it again i honestly don't think you understand how much i appreciate and every time i get tagged in one of your stories about the podcast or a message about it it really means a lot to me please give it a five star rating if you're enjoying the podcast so far it will literally take you two minutes maybe not even that and please keep sharing the podcast with your mates family and whatsapp groups (laughs) ex-partners and on your social media because i really love to see it thanks for listening once again and i'll see you at the next episode take care of yourself and goodbye